for joining us on Hope for Today with Pastor Doug Solomon on this Monday. Uh, today we're expecting a cyclone, Cyclone Freddy. It's approaching the island and uh, we ask for your prayers as we go through the next 12 to 14, maybe 24 hours. We could get high winds and rain and who knows what else, but we're trusting God for his hand of mercy, his hand of protection and that we will get through this with no problem at all. So let's look at today's message. Today's message is, how do we live sensibly? Now when we think of that, we say, what does that mean to us today, sensibly? And I'll, I will get into the scripture in a moment, but I want to go ahead and open with prayer. Shall we pray? Our gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for this Monday. We thank you that you got us up this morning, that we opened our eyes, that we're able to brush our teeth and we're able to do these different things. Lord, we pray for those that aren't able to do that, but that you've given them another day. Lord, we don't know their situation, but you do. And Lord, you give us a new day with new hope. And Lord, that's an encouragement to us as Christians that we know each and every day that we appreciate it and live it to the fullest for you. Lord, it's not all about us. It's about you. And Lord, you didn't say we could enjoy life. But Lord, we just want to praise you and thank you for giving us another day. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So let's look about this. What is this scripture trying to say to us? Uh, the scripture I forgot to give you is from Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 13. And we're going to go all the way to chapter 10. To verse 20. And let's take a look at this. Now, when we think of how do we live sensibly, we live in a world today where people do not have common sense. Now, I'm not saying people in general, but there are people that live on wisdom only, or they live on their own way of doing things. Now, each one of us do things differently. Each one of us learn differently. Each one of us have a knowledge, and that knowledge is giving according to what God has given to each one of us. Scripture talks about it gives us our measure, but it's how we use it and how we apply it. So today we want to talk about this scripture, but let's go ahead and read it. It says, um, chapter 9 of Ecclesiastes, verse 13, I also saw under the sun this example of wisdom that greatly impressed me. There was once a small city with only a few people in it, and a powerful king came up against it. He surrounded it, and he built huge sake works against it. He was getting ready to sack the city, getting ready to attack it. He built these sake works, these things that would help them to get over the walls. Now there lived in this city a man, and this man was poor. He did not have money. He was very lowly in character, but he was wise. And he saved the city by his wisdom. But nobody remembered that poor man once the city was saved. So I said, wisdom is better than strength, but the poor man's wisdom is despised. His words are no longer heeded. The quiet words of the wise are more to be heeded than the shouts of the rulers of the fools. Wisdom is better 
than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Chapter 10 of Ecclesiastes, verse 1. As dead flies give perfume a bad smell, a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. The heart of the wise inclined to the right, but the heart of the fool to the left. Even as he walks along the road, the fool lacks sense and shows everyone how stupid he is. If a ruler angers, if a ruler's anger rises against you, do not leave your post. Calmness can lay great error to rest. There is an evil I have seen under the sun, the sort of error that arises from a ruler. Fools are put in many high positions, while the rich occupy the low ones. I have seen slaves on horseback, while princes go on foot like slaves. Whoever digs a pit may fall into it. Whoever breaks through a wall may be bitten by a snake. Whoever quarries stones may be injured by them. Whoever splits logs may be endangered by them. If the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring about success. If a snake bites before it's charmed, there is no profit for the charmer. Words from a wise mouth are gracious, but a fool is consumed by his own lips. At the beginning, his words are folly. At the end, they are wicked madness, and the fool multiplies words. No one knows what is coming. Who can tell what would happen after him? A fool's works wearies him, and he does not know the way to town. Woe to you, O land whose king was a servant, and whose princes feasting in the morning. Blessed are you, O land whose king is of noble birth, and whose princes eat at the proper time, for strength and not for drunkenness. If a man is lazy, the rafters will sag. If his hands are idle, the house leaks. A feast is made for laughter, and wine makes life merry. But money is the answer for everything. Do not revile the king, even though your thoughts or curse the rich in your bedroom, because a bird of the air may carry your words, and a bird on the wing may report what you have said. Shall we pray? Our gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, there's a lot in this scripture that we read today. There's a lot to learn, there's a lot to understand, and there's a lot of things that we don't always have the answers for. But Lord, today I pray that you will give me the words and the wisdom for this podcast. Lord, there is a lot of vivid pictures, word pictures described. And Lord, we just ask you will help me to do the best of my ability today. Give me wisdom and give me understanding. Amen, amen. So let's take a look at this. I want to look at, uh, in America we use Webster's Dictionary around the world. It may be a different kind of dictionary in different languages. But Webster's Dictionary defines wisdom as knowledge and the capacity to make use 
of that knowledge. Sounds very good and enlightening. But let's take a look at biblical wisdom. When we think of biblical wisdom from the Bible standpoint, there are seven things I want to bring uh, to mention. First one, biblical wisdom starts with the fear of God. Now, it doesn't mean to be afraid of Him. It means to be fear, to understand the awesomeness of God, the majesty, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He's over all. You know, in our human capacity, it's very hard to fully comprehend all that God is. But in our humanity, we must humble ourselves before God. We must fear Him. Fear Him in a way that not to be afraid, but to who he is, his authority. The other thing is our instruction. Sometimes we have to learn in classes, you know, theology, biblical study, biblical interpretation, those kinds of things. Sometimes if you're not a biblical scholar or going to be a pastor, an evangelist or a missionary, sometimes you need instruction. And that comes from Sunday morning, on Sunday night, and Wednesday night, or Thursday night, or Friday night Bible study. We need to be in a group where we can learn and understand and be taught the Word of God. The instructions from the Word of God. The greatest instruction book. If you ever buy something to put together, if you're like me, nine times out of ten, I don't read the instructions. I just look at the box, look at the pieces, and try to put it together. Have you ever come up with extra parts? That's why they give us the instruction book. Once in a while they'll give you an extra bolt or an extra piece. Maybe something will break or, or something, you know, they give you an extra one by accident. But normally they give you just what you need to put the product together, whatever it may be. But it's always good to read the instruction first. Sometimes you can snap something together that clips together and you can't get it back apart. And I've done that many times. So we need to heed the instructions of the Word of God. We also need knowledge. We need knowledge. Now we can have all the, the knowledge in our head knowledge, as they call it, in the modern sense of speaking. We can have all that knowledge, but never put it to use. I'm one that likes to keep up on current events and some of the things going on in the world. But sometimes, uh, someone once said, he says, uh, it's useless knowledge because it's knowledge here today and gone tomorrow. The world will change tomorrow. The situation could change. Now, it's good to talk in conversation about some things, but sometimes we trouble our minds with this knowledge that is not good. Sometimes we trouble our mind with things that question the Word of God. Sometimes we trouble our mind with things that question who God is, the what-ifs, or how come, or why, or what for. Then all these questions, and the devil can use those. We have to remember the devil's still a relevant individual, and the devil will use those as stumbling blocks. So we have to be careful of what knowledge we have. Now, it's good to go to college and get an education. You know, it may not be biblical knowledge. You may be studying to be a doctor or a lawyer or studying to be um, whatever. That knowledge is good. 
and you'll put it to use one day. It's good to learn. The other is understanding. Now, sometimes we can read the Word of God just like Ecclesiastes. There are a lot of vivid word pictures in the scriptures. This particular scripture and all throughout Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, and throughout the Bible. And sometimes there are things we don't understand. You know, sometimes we have to look at it from a Jewish perspective. The understanding of what they believe, their traditions, and, and what was going on at the time. Sometimes as Christians, we don't understand all of it. And sometimes when we don't understand, it, it, you know, it's, it doesn't hurt to ask someone. And we'll talk about that shortly. There's discernation. If I said the word correctly, it's to have a discerning spirit, to discern right from wrong, to discern what is truth and what is not, to discern when you're reading the Word of God and you're not sure what it means. Don't write something in. Don't just think, oh, I know what that means. If you don't know, that's, you need to find out. Sometimes things are very, very vague in a sense not vague in its meaning, but vague in understanding. And sometimes we don't understand all of it. Some of the things in the Old Testament we say, in, a lot of times people will say the Old Testament needs to be torn out of the Bible because it doesn't apply to us. And I'm here to say that is wrong. The Old Testament is much relevant to the New Testament church, the Christians. It's quoted many, many times in the New Testament. Jesus quoted it. The apostles quoted it. Why did they quote the Old Testament verses or a certain context? And the reason for that was to validate the Old Testament as much relevant as the New. So let's remember that today. We must seek counsel. Counsel is godly counsel. Sometimes we might be going through something and we read scripture and we say, Oh, the Lord's trying to tell me this. Or the Lord's trying to tell me that. And you know, that doesn't say the Lord's not trying to speak through his word, but sometimes we need to bounce something off of someone. Someone that is uh, a mentor, someone that is there to listen. Sometimes we have to seek counsel, sometimes just to speak our mind. Get it off of our, uh, off our chest, as we say. We, we get it off our, the weight off of us. And we say, this is, what's, this is a question I have. And sometimes in talking, godly counsel will help you understand. And sometimes you come to a general consensus. And the other and the final one is reproof. We need to go back to the Word of God and test it. We need to go back to the Word of God and infer, uh, affirm things. Sometimes we need to reaffirm things. We need to reaffirm what the words say. Sometimes when a preacher is preaching, and he's preaching from the pulpit, you know, we take notes, and I'm one to take notes, and I took three pages of notes on Sunday when our pastor was preaching where I, where, uh, at our house church, and it was interesting because, you know what, you can go back to the Word of God and you can see it. It comes right out just like it was preached. That's a good preacher, a good pastor. A good missionary, someone that knows the Word of God. So we need to prove it 
test it with the word. Go back and say, oh, yeah, they, they, they know the word. So let's look at this scripture. I'm not going to go too detailed. I really want to focus about wisdom and foolishness. Now, there's scriptures that we want to look at today, the scriptures for wisdom. Now, let's, let's reverse it. Let's look at scriptures concerning foolishness. So let's, let's turn your Bible to Psalms chapter 14, verse 1. And I'll turn there. Psalms 14, verse 1, and it tells us, it says, The fool says in his heart, there is no God. Sounds like the world we live in today. People talking about there is no God. If God was God, why does he allow these things to happen? You know, all these things, we always, it's, it's easy for us to condemn, condemn God or to blame God and say he doesn't exist, but he does. You can always tell what's in a person's heart and mind by what they speak. Especially when the fool says there, in his heart there is no God. There's another scripture that is found in Proverbs 29, 11. And let's turn there, Proverbs 29, 11. Okay, Proverbs 29, 11 says, A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. Or a wise person keeps himself under control. Just to be correct, he or she keeps themselves under control. But a fool is full of vents his anger. Look at the world today. What do we see happening? All these issues are foolishness. Some of them. Some of them have caused such great anger in many, many countries. I think of America. It's, you know, for instance, there's so much anger, so much violence, so much hatred. You can see it. All you have to do is look at the news. Somewhere, somehow, people have gotten off. They've gotten off the boat, is a slang we would use in America, or they got on the wrong train. Is it all doom and gloom? No, it's not. But I'm just telling you what the writer says. A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. No matter what the situation, we must keep ourselves under control today. Let's look in the New Testament. What does the New Testament have to say about foolishness? Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 to 25. Or let's go first, I apologize. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 1, uh, chapter, 1 Corinthians 1, chapter 1, verse 18 through 25. I have two notes here. Okay, Romans... Corinthians chapter 1. So let's look at verse 18. It says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wise wisdom of the wise, the intelligence 
of the intelligence I will frustrate. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolishness, or the foolishness, the wisdom of the world? For since the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demanded miraculous signs. Greek looked for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. But to those who God has called, both Jew, both Greek, we can put Gentiles in there, we can put you and I in there, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than any wisdom of man. The weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. Hallelujah for that. Think about that today. This is all we're talking about, this foolishness. Foolishness. But listen to that. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Amazing. What scripture is so powerful in Corinthians. It's very amazing what's there. It tells about the Jews wanting miraculous signs and the Greeks looking for wisdom. If we look at the world today, people are looking for signs. Signs and wonders. People are looking for wisdom. But all they have to do is just listen to what the scripture says. Pastors from pulpits need to preach Christ crucified. He was crucified on a cross for you and I today. Why? Because it was not a horror film, even though it was very tragic. He was crucified for the redemption of mankind womankind, for all of humankind. Without that, we would not have the hope. We'd be back sacrificing goats and, and sheep, and we would, we would always try yearly to atone for sin. Think about that today, the foolishness of the cross. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. People say the scripture is foolishness, and we'll look at this in a moment about the wisdom. Let's take a look at Job. Uh, I think it's Job eleven twelve. Wisdom belongs to the aged, meaning the older, and understanding to the old. Aged meaning people that have learned, people that have, have taken time to understand. You know, today, you know, I, I've... Many times I am reminded of going to a nursing home or an assisted living facility. And, you know, just sitting, talking to people and listening to their story. You know, we think of the word history. History is basically saying his story or her story. When we think about that, when we listen to people, the older folks have great wisdom. The older folks have lived a long time.
the older folks have been through many of life's challenges. The older folks that are Christians know what God has brought them through. They know where they're going. They know that God blessed them with long life. Think about that. Proverbs 14, verse 6, remind, tells us, The mocker seeks wisdom, and they find none. But knowledge comes easily to the discerning. Do you have a discerning spirit today? Do you read the Word of God? Do you think about the Word of God? Do you meditate upon the Word of God? Some call it foolishness. Say, why waste your time? Just as the scripture told us that, you know, the foolish do not believe in God. There is no God. But to the Christian, it is our hope. To the Christian, it, it helps us to discern things. It helps us through each and every day. There is a God. There is a God that redeems. But it's foolishness to those that, are, that seek wisdom. 1 Corinthians 1.25 says, For the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. I think of these bodybuilders. You know, we think of those that can lift major weight. But even, even with God, this God is stronger than man's strength. And God is wiser than anything we can come up with. People are trying to explain um, God in many, 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 many ways. They, they want to explain Him away. They're looking like scientists are looking for the God. They talk about the God particle and all this wisdom. But all this wisdom does not always lead to the understanding. Sometimes they're just theories. But scripture is not a theory. God is not a theory. God is real. God is alive. And God is in control. If you look at James chapter 3, verse 17, and let's go there, it says, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. God will give you wisdom from heaven. And it's all pure. Then it is peace-loving. Peace-loving. We are peacemakers. We can live in peace no matter what happens. We are considerate. We think of others before ourselves. It's like opening a door for someone. Uh, the other day I was getting on the bus in the capital city and the bus, um, there was a long line, and I let the, per the lady and her son before me go on the bus ahead of me in line. And she, you know, and I just got on the bus. They just looked at me kind of strange, and, uh, you know, why did I do that? Because there was a long line. Let them through. And then when I got on the bus, the, uh, we were on our way to the Capitol, and the young man spoke, and he said, Thank you, mister. I appreciate that. He said, mercy. He appreciated the, what I did. I let them go first. That's being considerate. It tells us about being submissive. 
Now, submissive is under the hand of Almighty God. Doesn't submissive means that we we put ourselves under the authority of the Word of God. We must be full of mercy. We must be willing to forgive, to forget. We must produce good fruit. We must be impartial. Sometimes we tend to take sides, but we need to stay impartial. And we need to be sincere in all that we do. We do it with the right motives. We do it because the Word of God commands us to do it. We do it because it's who we are as Christians. Verse 18 tells us, Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about today. I started the scripture in Ecclesiastes, but I ended up in James. I want us to understand there's nothing wrong with having wisdom. Because the scripture talks a lot about wisdom. But we need to remember the foolishness. What do we occupy our mind with? 12 hours a day, 24 hours a day. Now we all have jobs, That's I understand that. But when we go on the internet, do we look at things that are foolish? People do some of the craziest things. What we say, what we do. Is it pleasing to God? What we say and how we act, are we representation of Christ? Do we have a pure heart today? Are we peace-loving? Are we considerate? Are we submissive to the mighty hand of God? Are we full of mercy to forgive someone? Is our life producing good fruit? Do we look at things... <coughs> Excuse me. Do we look at things impartial? And are we sincere? Are we a peacemaker today? If we are, we will, we will reap a harvest. We will raise a harvest and others will want to know how and what, we, what makes us different. Scripture tells us we are a peculiar people Peculiar is a word saying we are different. We must come out from the world and be set apart for service of God, not for service of Pastor Doug or for service of this one and that one. We are, serv- we, we are to be used of service of God. That's what it's all about, folks. That's why I chose the scripture today, because it reminds us of why we... Read the Word of God each and every day. Why we do these podcasts. So I want to go back just for one moment and I'm going to close. Are we a peacemaker today? Do we spend our time with idle talk? Like verse 12 in chapter 10 of Ecclesiastes tells us, Words from a wise man's mouth are gracious, but a fool is consumed by his own lips. They puff themselves up. They have all this knowledge, but they're consumed. It says, at the beginning, his words are folly, and at the end, they are a wicked madness. Look at what we see today going on in the world. People are speaking. People are doing these things. 
their words of folly. At the end, we see the results. It's so tragic when we see some of the results. It says the fool multiplies words. It's idle talk today. It says a fool works weary. A fool, a fool's work wearies him, and he does not know the way home. They spend all their energies. Spend hours on the internet. Spend hours doing this and that. But they don't even know their own, they don't even know the way home. The way home is to the Lord Jesus Christ. One day we're going to be with Him in glory. Praise the Lord. But think about that. His work wearies Him. He becomes physically tired. Now that doesn't mean we're going to be tired. We won't be tired from our work. I want you to understand that. We 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 work. We are going to get tired. That's physical. But this this fool here wearies himself, spending his energy on useless knowledge, spending his energy on useless things, things that are not helping people, things that are not being peacemaker, things that are not sincere. All of these things. Does a fool fear the Lord? Does a fool like it when you give instructions? They're the ones that want to give you instructions. Do they have great knowledge? Of course. Do they have understanding of that knowledge? Probably not. Or maybe. Do they have discernment? If they did, they would not be called a fool. Do they seek counsel? Sometimes the fool is the one that wants to be counseled or to give counsel. And do they back up or reproof what they're saying? Nine times out of ten, they won't. They repeat falsehoods. They repeat things that sound good. The Bible talks about the itching of the ears. Think about it today. Do you have wisdom? I will put these scriptures in the in the podcast notes, and you can go back and look at them. There's many, many scriptures, but I just chose these, some from the old, some from the new. So I want us to take a moment and think about this scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter nine and verse and chapter ten. Shall we pray? Our gracious Lord and heavenly Father, we thank you. For your love and we thank you for your mercy. We thank you, Lord, that you keep your hand upon us and that you gave us common sense. But without common sense, we would be lost. But we do live in a world today where people don't have common sense. Sometimes we have to stop. I think you give that as part of the conscience to us, common sense to stop, to think. Am I going down the right road? Am I saying the right thing? Am I doing what's pleasing to God? I thank you for the Holy Spirit that reminds us, that gives us common sense to live right. I thank you, Lord, for the fear of God, our heavenly fear. We thank you for instruction, the instruction book, the Bible. We thank you for knowledge, a word 
the word will not pass away, even though heaven and earth pass away, the word of God will live on for eternity. We thank you, Lord, that there's heavenly understanding. We thank you for spiritual discernment. Is this right? Is this wrong? Should I be doing this? Am I doing what I want to do, or am I doing what the Lord has called me to do? Do I seek Godly counsel today? Sometimes people buy self-help books, but they're not the answer. The greatest self-help book is found in the Bible. But it's there not by self, it's God's instruction book, God's help book to help us each and every day. And do we test the word, reprove it? Do we go back and check it? Do we go back after we've listened to the pastor or even this podcast? Do we go back and test it with the scripture? Does it match up? Lord, we want to thank you for godly wisdom. But Lord, today we want to pray for the fools. This foolishness that people want to talk about. This foolishness that we see going on in the world. In reality, when we look at it through rose-colored glasses, as I've mentioned before, we look at it the way you look at it. We test it against Scripture. We see the Scripture tells us it is foretold. These things will happen. These kinds of people exist like the fool. They're going to be lost in the end. It's folly. But Lord, help us as Christians not to be caught up in this. But Lord, we do pray for the full today. We pray for those that are lost, those that are seeking God elsewhere or seeking some meaning to life elsewhere. A God or gods. There's only one God. So Lord Jesus Christ, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, three in one. But Lord, we pray for those that are lost today, that they will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. They will read your word, not just for knowledge, but they will read it. They will live it. They will breathe it. So Lord, if they don't know you, if there are people that don't know you as their personal Savior, we pray today can be that day. It's simple. You ask the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you for your sins. And the Lord is quick to forgive. And he will cast them in the sea of forgetfulness to be remembered no more. And Lord, help them to walk right, to read your word, to seek counsel, to seek instruction, to seek understanding. Lord, give them spiritual discernment. Lord, we pray that you will give them understanding. Help them to find a Bible-believing church. Lord, we are passionate about this scripture because it reminds us of the world we live in today. There's so much knowledge. All you have to do is just type in on the internet and things are there. But if they're not lining up with the Word of God, then they're just words. It's head knowledge, but not life knowledge. 
not life-giving knowledge. Meaning it's not life given by you. It does not give us eternal life. It may make us smart in a good way, but it isn't going to get us to heaven. But we pray for the fool today that the fool will realize that there's only one way and that's through you. Lord, we want to pray about the cyclone that's coming as the winds have begun to pick up this morning. We pray, Lord, that you will keep Mauritius safe. We pray for Madagascar and Reunion Island and Mozambique in the coming days. And even South Africa, if it goes that far down the coast. We pray, Lord, for a hand of protection. We pray for no loss of life. We pray, Lord, that you will uh, give us the rain that we need, but that you will protect us. But we don't know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow. Go with us, guide us, and keep us. So thank you for joining. Amen. Amen. So thank you for joining us on this Monday on Hope for Today with Pastor Doug Solomon. Have a great day. God bless. We look forward to joining you on Tuesday with a new message of hope and encouragement.